0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Matt here, representing that time we woke up in a podcast and had to explain manga, our heated adventures over analyzing manga we find interesting, otherwise known as the Over Manga Cast. And tonight, we have a good show for you. In this quarter, we have Record of Ragnarok, aka Shumetsu no Valkyrie, written by Shinya Umemura and Takumi Fukui and illustrated by Aji Ajichika. Gods versus man, in a, I guess, fight to the death? We read the first two fights, Lubu versus Thor and Adam versus Zeus. Gentlemen, to your corners. Ready? Fight!
1: As usual, we're going to start off this episode with uh, explaining what we know about this uh, product. Hi, everyone, I'm Sam, and uh, I I knew Jack and all about this. I barely knew it existed until it was put on our uh, to read list. And now here we are, and you are going to hear much simping from me. How about you, Jake?
2: (sighs) I didn't have any knowledge of this thing ever existing until it was on the reading list. Uh, you will not be hearing simping from me. It's the return of the salty one. Didn't like it. Uh, Matt here. I'm the one who put this on the reading
0: list, but I also knew nothing about it. It just, um, occasionally makes it to people's top 10 manga lists. And I'm like, this seems interesting. And so I went in completely blind, which I think everyone else has, uh, unless Jay.
3: Yeah, so Jay here. I went into this with... I any clue what to expect. Had not heard of this before, com- went into it completely blind. After I did ask a few people about it, I got glowing reviews from several individuals not even involved with the podcast. And they told me, Oh my gosh, you need to read this. So I went into this with an open mind, but also with um expecting magic. And that is what I received. I'm going to simp really hard on this. I don't understand.
0: Well, good thing we've got a long form discussion podcast for you to understand why. So yeah,
1: to give everybody a uh, a quick overview of Shemitsu no Valkyrie, also known as Record of Ragnarok. It is entirely an excuse to have gods and mortals freestyle upon the beat and just beat the ever loving shit out of each other. Yay! Because the inciting incident is that once a millennium, all of the gods, and all gods exist, all myths are true in this universe.
3: Mm-hmm. All faiths are united. It's just a thing. Everyone kind of hangs out with each other. It's one happy family.
1: Once a millennium, all the gods meet up in Valhalla and they hold a conference to decide if humanity gets to live. It's been going pretty well for about 7,000 years and now they're... D-
2: is it 7,000? It's 7 million, isn't it? It's yeah, 7 million.
1: million. I might have missed a few zeros.
2: First problem, I have to point this out because they emphasize this. No. Okay, (laughs) this is not me being pedantic because the text emphasizes this. Seven million years ago, hominids didn't exist. Because it's not just mentioned the first time. They mentioned it a couple of times that it's seven million years of human history. Either whoever wrote this is an idiot who didn't do their research and doesn't realize that hominids didn't even exist until five million years ago, and that's not even the beginning of human history. Or this is supposed to also include the far future. But it's only people from actual real world history. No one from the future. If I can
0: interject here, uh, as the podcast is resident um, expert on why manga have no idea what numbers mean, sometimes you just see a number and you gotta go, does that make sense? Not really.
1: And, Let's keep going. And also, I thought you said you weren't going to be pedantic.
2: <laughs> but it's not. And here's the thing. This is why- It you know, objectively this is, is. This is why- it Gods exist. Exists. Let, me, let me actually explain. How okay. about maybe? Okay? This is why it's not pedantic. The whole premise of this story is humanity fights against the gods. If you're going to throw out this 7 million years number, which is far future at this point, there's no way it's not then why would you not make up a character with future sci-fi tech powers to fight against the gods? That would be awesome. Do that. If you're going to introduce this element and mention it multiple times and belabor the point, actually do something with it.
3: Uh, Jacob, I would argue that the reason why they didn't do that just right out of the gate is because they're trying to draw in their audience with figures that they might have some knowledge of. I'm not saying make them
2: all people from the future.
3: But Jacob, the reading that we did was the, was essentially the first two chapters. So The whole I mean,
2: list is given, and there is only people from history.
1: And Nikola Tesla's on it. He's a scientist. Maybe he has future science powers that we don't know Knowing about. Knowing this manga, Nikola Tesla has to have Nikola super Tesla
2: science Nikola de- Tesla definitely has super science powers. <laughs> but it's such a stupid detail to include why would you not actually use it
3: they're really just trying to give you an idea humanity's been along for a crap long time we've had to vote on this for uh, so many times that's essentially what they're trying to say they've allowed them to continue for this length of time and now they're saying oh there's been a a shift now we're ready to end humanity i don't think you're supposed to latch on to the number i think they're just saying Humanity has been around for a crap long time. Then why not just use
2: 12-ish thousand years then anyway? Then it doesn't come up in the first I
3: think place. they're trying to emphasize how long and how many times they voted on this. They say they voted on it every millennia.
0: We also don't know if they've done this vote before and have reset, because they do make a comment of like, maybe this time we reset, we evolve a different type of species. Yeah. There
1: might be the implication they've done this to humanity before. And this is just the most recent version of humanity. Again, we only get the like details on how this universe works. In between the fights, and the fights are the meat and potatoes of this entire thing. We
2: don't really get many details on how the world works, which by the way, that's not me raging at this. That's okay under certain circumstances. The fact that the fact that the world the fact that the world building is thin is not the worst part of it.
0: Yeah, it's it's what your, your audience goes in with a base level of assumption about these characters, which is part of the reason you can get away with having literally only a tournament arc be the entire thing, because you don't have to really introduce characters. People should
2: be vaguely aware of who they are. That's actually going to be an important point for me personally, because with that in mind, this should work. This can work. And it doesn't end... That's what frustrates me
3: so much. Not work. I think what we're, where the disconnect is, Jacob, is that you're saying that it doesn't work, but myself, Sam, and like, I think it does work based on that basal knowledge that we recognize these characters. It's not that specifically.
2: I will get to where this series falls
1: apart because we're not there yet. So, yeah, the premise, if we can finish the premise is that, The gods have voted to uh, do away with humanity, but Valkyrie, uh, Brunhilde, who is best girl, she is oldest of the 13 Valkyrie sisters. She's like, no, and invokes a joke rule the gods made, where if the gods ever decide to annihilate humanity, humanity can get into a one on one uh, fight with the gods, Uh, 13 participants on each side, first team to seven wins. Uh, Heaven or Hell, let's rock. It's time for Rock, baby. Let's do this.
0: And it's great because when she brings us up, the gods' reaction to this is, haha, we're gods. Of course we'd beat humans in a one-on-one fight. No one takes her seriously until Broomhilde is like, oh, well, I guess you're
1: just too- I guess you're yeah. chickening out. I didn't realize all the illustrious gods were a bunch of giant babies.
3: We take it back to high school.
1: And it works because they're gods
0: and they're all about their egos. Because they're yeah. petty. Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: The God, the gods work as antagonists, and Brunhilde is one of only two actual characters in the story. So I I, I like Brunhilde. I love Brunhilde
1: so much.
3: Question, I know I asked Sam this earlier off, off screen, but I'm not too familiar with the whole Valkyrie dynamic just in general. From my understanding, Valkyries, I know that they were to be a deity or who would lead Norsemen into battle. Um, They would pray to the Valkyries to assure victory. But I mean, it's alluded to in the manga that they have a special bond with humanity. And I'm trying to kind of get more clarity as to what that bond might be outside of just assuring strength in battle. Is it that... In the manga specifically, they allude to either being demigods or being part human themselves. And that's why they have the strongest connection with humanity.
1: All the gods call uh, the Valkyries uh, semi god, half-breeds, half-breeds demigods, yeah.
3: But I mean, is there a difference between being a demigod? Are you still some deity who's just a step below a god? Or are you? is there human blood, like human lineage in the mix? I guess. It's-
2: I don't think they care. <laughs> Yeah, no, this series doesn't care about that sort of thing. It honestly doesn't have to because the narrative function of the Valkyries is to be humanity's avenue to get the chance to survive both from the sense of they're how ragnarok is brought up in the first place and they're also how humanity has the tools to even do battle within the con the context of ragnarok
0: yeah and and really where they come in from like a thematic point of view is that valkyries were specifically they recruited like people who died valiantly in battle to bring them to valhalla to serve as a great army when ragnarok happened The manga is just taking a little twist where Ragnarok isn't a conflict of the gods. It's a conflict against the gods. Mm -hmm. So they, they are twisting mythology in order to create a tournament arc.
3: Which I applaud because I love me some tournament arcs.
2: That is the best part of this series. Why I wish it was better than it was. Anyway, we get the first
0: fight, which is announced before anything else, is that the gods are to pick their strongest. Uh, Basically, both sides are picking their strongest competitor to be frontliners, to fully show their might. So the gods Mm -hmm. pick the strongest god, who in this mythology is determined to be Thor. With his giant freaking Maloneer. Twice the size of him, easily, if not more. (laughs) I love
3: it. He's also totally gorgeous. Just putting that out there. Everyone except
1: Zeus is totally gorgeous in this manga.
3: Zeus is creepy grandpa. There's no other way around it. As he should be, yes, but he's just over the top creepy grandpa. He
1: he doesn't have eyes or teeth. He just has holes in his face.
2: (laughs) This point is subjective, but I personally don't like the art or the character design. Brunhilde is... I like Brunhilde in general, but... I
3: I love the art. Oh my gosh, I was sending everyone so many screenshots. I love the art so much.
2: That that much is subjective. I can't like use evidence, but I don't like it personally.
1: It it is very stylized. If you look at our uh, Twitter, at OverMangaCast, follow us, then you'll see all the screen caps that we like posted in our Discord. And it's just, well, the the best one <laughs> Matt posted pretty early on is Brunhilde looking at, a, at an iPhone, I yeah. think.
3: And uh, it looks kind of like one of those, it kind of looks like a DS, actually. It kind of does.
0: Yeah. yeah, it does. Brunhilde's whole thing is that she's a very refined Valkyrie who gets very angry and v- curses a lot and very vulgar when she like snaps, which seems to be a thing all Valkyries have in common is they have like a split personality over something, but.
3: No, because there's a specifically, I think number four, I think her name is Healed. Heal? Yeah. She's the one who has a yeah. definitive like split personality. The rest of them just, I guess, I don't want to stereotype.
0: Have the same joke.
3: Have dynamic personalities. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, that that has nothing to do with this fight, which is Thor versus humanity's strongest pick from all of recorded history. China's great general Lu Bu. It's Lu Bu, baby.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We need to have Sam as our hype man, just in general.
1: That that actually makes a lot of sense. Much like Heimdall serves that purpose in this. And I love Heimdall. He just screams from the sidelines the entire, the entire manga. It, it... He he is
0: basically the ring announcer for this. He is your little mm-hmm. gremlin looking guy in the center of the ring announcing fighters. And most dialogue in this is akin to like a wrestling match.
3: Oh, 100%. It's nothing mm-hmm.
0: but hyping up each other.
3: Which he does a good job of. I mean, he does express his surprise when, you know, battles do...
2: When humanity actually does something. Yeah, but I feel like
3: for he's very balanced. He portrays shock and awe for both sides.
1: And it it is in uh, the Thor versus Lubu fight where we get into the flow of this manga, which is... We establish our two fighters, they have their grand entrances, which take up like an entire chapter, just them walking into the arena, having their names be yelled out. We then have a a chapter which is one of them does a really big attack, and then we get a flashback for why they're so cool. The other one does a really big attack and we get a flashback for why they're so cool. And then the rest of the fight happens.
2: That's yeah, that's a pretty uh, concise uh, summary of the flow of this. I want to explain why these fights don't work as shonen fights. Why I can't enjoy them as the cool hype popcorn moments. For a start, I ha- there are no stakes here. I know that they're historical characters, but I don't know the characters in the context of this story. I'm not attached to Lubu. I don't care about Lu Bu. So I don't care if he wins or lose. And that actually goes into, I hate to bring it up again, but the seven million years thing. What is the state of humanity currently? We only saw the briefest of glimpses from the gods biased perspective on how uh, humanity was doing. Maybe humanity is that bad and they deserve to die. The gods are very much presented as the antagonists of this, which is fine, But unless we have a reason to care about humanity's fate, why do I care about the fate of any of these fights? But even more than that, the biggest problem, the second fight is a way bigger problem where this is concerned, but it also happens in the Thor versus Lubu fight. I'm going to compare the fights in this series to the Deku versus Todoroki fight in My Hero Academia. In that fight, we know what both of them are capable of. And over the course of the fight, they keep pushing the boundaries of what they're able to do. And an excellent example of this is Deku. We know what he can do. He can flick his fingers and it breaks a finger. He already has one broken finger from a previous fight, so we know he has seven shots with one for all because he's got the four fingers on one hand and three fingers on the other. He needs the thumb to flick. He has that many shots to take down Todoroki. Todoroki, on the other hand, it's been implied and later stated, that if he uses his ice powers too much, it will freeze him and he's refusing to use his fire powers. And when they do something that breaks those established rules, it's something that is completely understandable as a logical extension of what we see, uh, what the characters are capable of. You know... Deku using an already broken finger to flick again, damaging himself further, ripping his hand apart, like using an actual full punch, because we've already established earlier in the in Hiroaka that when Deku punches an actual person that, that could be killed by one for all, he's better at controlling his power. But we don't know what Thor and Lubu can do in the context of this series. Because they do not follow history or mythology at all. The thing about Thor's gloves being not there to protect Thor from Mjolnir, but to protect Mjolnir from Thor, that's pulled out of nowhere. That's not surprising. That's not shocking. That's not hype. When Deku uses one of his already broken fingers to flick again because he has to block Todoroki's attack, that's a hype moment. That got me cheering, both in sequential art and in the anime. In this... They're just pulling things out of their ass, out of nowhere, and I can't be bothered to care about it. That's why it died for me so fast. I should be able to enjoy the fun hype of it, but we have no context for any of it. Yeah, but it looks sick as f***. Yeah. And and I personally don't like the art, which means that other thing doesn't help me at all. And the, the
0: point of the flashbacks is to give you that context.
3: Yeah, that's what I was about to argue. They come after the attacks, though. But you know who Thor is, you know what he's capable of, like you have an idea, you have that context in your subconscious. So it's kind of like, think about if it's Superman versus Batman, you could argue the similar thing that they have to grow and they have to, when they face off, this lives that their capability lives in our subconscious. So, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but it's like, these people do not come out of a vacuum. At least culturally.
2: Then why weren't the gloves breaking actually bad for Thor? They just made up a rule. They just made it up out of nowhere. That thing that you're supposed to know culturally about Thor, that the gloves are there to protect him from Mjolnir, they decided that doesn't count. So what in any part of any Thor myth doesn't count? It's not Thor, it's this series version of Thor, which would not be bad if I knew who this series version of Thor was. But I don't. It's not the Thor I know, and I don't know this new one. And that's my problem with it. It's worse in the second fight, but that is that is my entire problem with this series. It fails at a fundamental level at doing hype shown
1: in fights. That, that's a valid criticism. I personally disagree. I think that the big attack flashback, big attack flashback rest of the fight, I personally felt that that did a decent enough job of establishing the, the two fighters in each battle. Yeah. Part- particularly in the second fight.
0: Yeah. Felt like the flashbacks served their purpose, which is this is more a story being told like you would get from like a wrestling match kind of in that all your irrelevant information is shouted at you during the thing. And do I know who Macho Man's Randy Savage is? Maybe I vaguely heard the name, but in the match, you are like, oh no, he's going to do his like signature move. That's like his best move.
3: Cool. Yeah, and there's not going to be a whole backstory provided to you when you're in the moment while you're attending this match. It's right in front of you. Enjoy the match.
2: I can't if I don't care about the characters, and there are no characters.
3: There are characters, and you do care about them because you're supposed to care about them. You're supposed to connect to them as a member of humanity. I don't
2: because I don't know this world version of humanity seven million years in the future. I think you're
0: really hung up on that.
3: Yeah, you are. Because you're supposed to, as a member of humanity, you are supposed to feel in danger. The gods have decided that you, it doesn't matter what time, the gods have decided that you, as a member of humanity, deserve to be wiped out. That is the balance of this.
2: The things that the people, that the human characters, regardless of the super Valkyrie weapons, the things that the characters do in this manga are not real world human stuff. This is not my humanity. This is manga humanity. And I can't care about this manga humanity if I don't know anything about it. And again, the 7 million years thing, that's a specific thing, but it's emblematic of the problem. This isn't my world. This isn't my humanity. It's the humanity from this manga. And that's fine if you give me a reason to care about the humanity in this manga. That's completely lacking.
3: I think you're definitely looking way too far into this, and you're supposed to identify with humanity as a member of, of a human race. I don't see them like, as human I,
2: beings! They do magical, objectively magical things!
0: I I would argue the first fight really just gives you an indication of what the manga... I would argue both of their characters are kind of dull, because it's, when we get down to it, we get in Thor's flashback, where uh, all of... um. I forget what Asgard is being besieged by giants and it defeats all the giants single handedly because he is the strongest god. That is, from my point of view, that's enough for
1: me to buy in. Like, cool. He Thor themed Strongest God done, sold. And this also kind of comes down to the fact that this manga borrows very heavily from other manga. just described essentially one punch man in a pair of characters. We also have um, Soul Eater. That's what the Valkyrie are. The Valkyrie have the ability to transform into weapons because as Brunhilda puts it, one of the disadvantages of the gods is they have these divine weapons that are so powerful and overused to fight alongside with and then destroy the humans subsequently and weapons which can go head to head with the gods it's actually one of the valkyries which is a brilliant idea which
2: one being their stake in it because they're putting their lives on the line for this great i like that but who even panel time at all are under last two fights because you know they're not going to get involved until the last fights but it's a countdown
1: timer
3: yeah, there's 13 humans. But you're supposed to feel sad
2: that the Valkyries are dying. You never even see the first one before she
1: on me. I don't care about a character I've never met. Yeah, but you know you know who Brunhilde and Gear are, and every Valkyrie that dies in one of these fights is one step closer to Brunhilde and Gear going into one of these fights and potentially dying.
2: Brunhilde is barely a character to me because I've seen that type of character done better elsewhere. Attached to anyone here. Except for arguably Adam, but that's further
1: along.
3: I, I I can't really you just either do or you don't, and I did, and I enjoyed it.
1: I didn't feel for the specific character, the specific Spear Valkyrie when she died, but I felt I felt for how I felt for how distressed Gear was.
3: Yeah, I felt for the situation as a whole. Uh, this is literally humanity fighting for on its last leg, fighting for the for the right to continue to exist versus the gods, who quite honestly
1: are just kind of a bunch of assholes.
3: A bunch of assholes who have no problem just saying, you know what, we're just going to wipe it over, clear the slate, it doesn't matter. And the Valkyrie saying, you know what, actually this run of humanity, they have some real special qualities here. I think they deserve a fighting shot.
0: Jacob, you keep mentioning maybe they deserve it, but like... There's nothing in the manga that leads me to believe that, which makes it
2: equally as valid as they didn't do anything to deserve it. We do see the the state of the earth from the gods' perspective, and it's a biased perspective from the gods, and you're supposed to not like them. But, like, it's not the real world.
3: Well, you can say that about any manga, that it's not the real world. I mean, what makes you immerse in Dragon Ball, for instance? show the world you're defending i mean i could say that's not my real world so i don't have any attachment to these characters there aren't dinosaurs running around there aren't aliens flying out of nowhere i mean you could argue that literally for any story
1: we're getting a bit too meta in we're getting a bit too meta into the nature of stories at this point so what,
0: what we have established is that jake did not connect with the characters which is his taste Valid, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying what has been provided here is enough for me to latch on. Same. Where were we in?
3: We were talking about the Volund and the Valkyries, you know, providing, offering themselves up to serve as humanity's weapon. So that they have, they're able to have the tools necessary to, you know, stand up, have a fighting chance against the gods in combat.
1: Because Lubu had just been like avoiding the swings of Mjolnir at that point. Mm-hmm. Then he actually blocked it. And they're like, what? But that should have shattered the spear. But it's actually a divine weapon. Whoa! Great reaction shots from Zeus and Brunhild as they're both kekakling at each other. Uh, but, oh no, the force of the blow was so intense that even though he blocked Mjolnir, uh, it still shattered Lubu's shins. Yep. And it looks like he's down for the count, but his beloved horse, the red hair, comes to his aid. And since lubu as a warrior is just as natural if not more so on horseback than he is on foot then sure fine isn't that a a throwback
3: to the mongols it's
0: it's a chinese general thing their horses are extensions of them
3: Their horses are effectively their legs. There's
0: a fun uh, conversation between the gods where they're like, is it really okay to let another participant in this one on one fight? And that person gets shut down like they're the biggest idiot ever. Like, no, obviously that horse is a part of his body. Yeah.
1: And I mean, if you ever watch G Gundam, you know that. Funsagi, become my legs as we fight together.
0: Oh, I wish we
2: were reading a G Gundam manga
0: right now. You really don't. The G Gundam manga is (laughs) terrible.
1: Wait, that exists it's not great it's yeah don't (laughs) it's during this fight that um the final participant list is revealed and somebody happened to actually have that called up because it's got some names on it that are pretty crazy my personal favorite like wait what (laughs) what is this why is why is this here name is uh nikola tesla as we alluded to earlier Yeah, one of these names is not like the other. Nikola
0: Tesla is listed amongst all these other people who are arguably warriors. Although Nostradamus is also on there, so I'm expecting psychic shenanigans from that.
1: I don't know why Nostradamus is here. Uh, Jack the Ripper is here. I'm pretty sure he won't be a— I know I made the fate joke earlier, but I'm pretty sure he won't be a lolly this time. The reason why that didn't surprise
2: me was because they kept putting that really famous picture of Einstein on the list of, like, humanity's greatest champions. Mm.
3: It, when they were in the tower, like compl- contemplating their plan and everything. Einstein was one of front and center on their computer screen or whatever.
0: Yeah, so the reason why that surprised me, though, is because the Valkyries are supposed to be picking people good for battle. Yeah.
3: Well, there's a battle of the wits or battle of the mind.
0: I don't want to see this manga do a battle of the mind.
1: <laughs> I'm looking at the list right now and like the only two divine entries on the list that... Wouldn't be a battle of physical might, are like Loki and arguably Beelzebub, <laughs> like the rest of them Zeus, Buddha. Well, like, okay, Buddha, Buddha maybe
3: it's like one. Buddha, maybe, yeah, Buddha.
1: but it's like Zeus, Apollo, Poseidon, Susano no Mikoto, just. Shouldn't he be
2: on the humanity side? Like, I know he ascends to becoming a god, but he was very explicitly human. Oh, then that chapter
0: is totally going to be about how he betrayed humanity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's going to be a heel.
1: He's going to be a heel. Yes.
0: He's going to come out mocking humanity. Because again, this is just a wrestling match.
1: Yeah. But like the list of gods is just banger after banger after banger in terms of like A tier fighters. And then you have Loki and Buddha and Beelzebub? Like, okay.
0: (laughs) Well, we see Loki in the manga. I believe the Loki in this could
2: be a serious fighter. Yeah, Loki is probably very powerful. The fact that Lubu uses, like, magic Chinese myth powers to, like, cut the sky in half and stuff like that says to me that... Mm-hmm. Nikola Tesla is going to have laser cannons. Like, it doesn't matter that he's a scientist in the real world. This isn't the real Nikola Tesla. This is manga Nikola Tesla.
1: This is going to be the Nikola Tesla that made Atomic Robo in the Atomic Robo comics. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is
2: the Nikola
0: Tesla word. I'm saying if he doesn't have a backpack with sense. Tesla coils on it and a, like... That shoots like lightning. Yeah, it's got to be, it's going to be a Ghostbusters <laughs> weapon.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually looking at like background elements and trying to look at this from a literary perspective. They do foreshadow that you're going to have people who fight in different ways. So Nikola Tesla didn't surprise me. Like, it's like which great sign? I kind of expected that they were going to do Einstein, but
0: I don't know how you do Einstein. You unless
1: theory of relativity. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, man, <laughs> he weaponizes relativity and controls time and space. Yeah, we already had that. Yeah, we did. That's in the next fight, though. We, yeah,
2: we already had that. And boy,
1: we're going to get into that one. So let's
0: let's finish up Labu then. And as we revealed in his background, yeah. um, we get that uh, Labu is really impressed with this divine spear he's gotten through Volund, because when he was um still a great warrior going undefeated in battle, he'd apparently train with spears, a secret technique, that every spear he tried it with would shatter because no weapon made by man could match his physique, which was a technique he did once and then realized he could never do again, which was... Sky Eater. Slicing so fast, it cut a ripple through the sky.
1: Yes. He called it the Sky Eater, and it was a technique so powerful, it would just auto-win every fight, and that was dull. And so uh, he goes... Riding on the back of red hair, he goes to test the Sky Eater against uh, Thor's mighty hammer, the great Mjolnir. And I got to say, Twilight of the Thunder God by Sabaton was playing in my head the entire freaking time. (laughs) This (laughs) this whole fight, I just heard Thor. They go and they uh, have their final clash of their ultimate moves. And this is one of the points where like the stylization of the art gets so intense because it's just vaguely man-shaped action lines. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, <laughs> which I, Jake, Jake obviously didn't like it as he said. And you know, I, I, again, I, again, I respect that. I'm laughing. Cause I think it's hysterical. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's,
0: if, for some reason, you don't like like mythologic mythologicizing? Mytho? mythologizing mythologizing, mythologizing historic figures to, frankly, hilarious extremes. This is not the manga for you, as Jake
2: can attest. No, that's not the problem I have with it, because I would like that. Just show me this world first. Not asking for much. I'll explain when we get to the next fight, because...
0: I so a, we can fight. we can cut in here then if you want to see the world there is a spinoff specifically about Labu, there is, yeah yeah the ma the same magazine that publishes this also publishes a spinoff about Lubu when he was going around doing his like unbeatable
1: warrior stick.
0: Well, I got
1: to read that.
2: Mm, I don't know. But oh, what? That's it, the thing you wanted it, more of the world. I also really
1: dislike the art and. Uh, And Lubu is pretty ugly in this. (laughs) Yeah. He got some crazy face going on. More so crazy
0: face because we get the final confrontation of... um... Yeah, because when their their attacks collided, it destroyed both of Lubu's arms. Well, not completely. They're hanging off from a thread of flesh that he then bites off because they are no longer useful to him. (laughs) And he's got shark teeth, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And he rides forward on his horse to go bite thor
1: (laughs) yeah and thor just takes his head off with malone year it's very gruesome and uh lubu's forces who i guess like all of man, all of humanity's history is like in the stands right now watching just like all of the pantheon of gods are in the stands watching awareness of this manga is not great It's it's a the stadium is that's a very forgivable problem because it's stylized. But yeah, yeah.
2: the stadium is fractal. It only irritates me because I, I had already by that point lost patience with it. If I had been more invested in it, that's the sort of thing where I would have found funny rather than annoying
1: each like representative of humanity that goes out has their own cheerleader squad. And Lubus was just a bunch of characters from the Romance of the Three Kingdoms and his loyal army wanting to follow their grand commander into death, leap out onto the battlefield to attack Thor and he just flattens them all in a single hammer blow. And that's when we learn, we actually do learn a couple of things about the world. For one, there's reincarnation, uh, because for two, uh, Brunhilde says, very explicitly uh, that if you die in this battle, uh, you don't get to reincarnate. You just go to Niflheim, which I guess is the uh, lightless void beyond reality in this version, instead of just hell.
0: <laughs> you
1: just kind of cease
0: to exist, is what it, it's... Yeah, you, you you become dust and...
1: Yeah, you, you get Thanos snapped because this references literally everything. So that is uh, the end of round one. And after... Uh, it's fairly
0: recent. Yeah. It's like two years old, I think. What so is yeah, this, the, the manga.
2: That would be, that would be after Infinity War then.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not like anyone snaps people into dust though, so.
1: But like, aesthetically, them crumbling into yeah, exactly. dust looks a lot like what happens in Infinity War. So that's the end of the first fight. Uh, gods won, humanity zip. Uh, what are we going to do now? Now that the two biggest fighters of all time have gone at it. Well, obviously we've got to go back to the very, very, very beginning. Yep. With humanity's best dad. Ah, uh, yeah. Humanity.
0: Human number zero 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 one, which is just a fun
2: joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, yeah, I see. Adam is like the only part of this manga that I actually engaged with in a positive way. Oh, I love I love Adam so great
3: he's just such a good guy he's so wholesome
2: we get adam versus master roshi oops did i say it out loud and that he's an old pervert
3: yeah he's an
2: old pervert that buffs up into a giant guy we were mentioning how it references everything see i think
3: i think i think you're really detracting from you know him being zeus So, I mean, the fact that you're characterizing with Master Roshi, I see the comparison there, but this guy is freaking Jacob, I'll
0: counteract that, though. Technically, Zeus's thunderbolts are weapons, and Zeus goes in here real cocky, saying, I'm not going to use a weapon, I'm going to beat you up with my bare hands. So that's why he doesn't use his thunderbolts. He's
2: never depicted in any way having any association with thunder or lightning at all. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's not Zeus, it's this manga's version of Zeus, which in itself is not a problem. And honestly, for the villains, it's totally fine.
3: But it is a problem because you're identifying it as a problem,
2: so it is a problem. I'm identifying it as a problem because this never establishes this world's version of these things. So they just keep pulling stuff out of nowhere.
3: I think, and this is just solely my interpretation, this is a manga that's made from a Japanese mangaka,
0: It's actually written by two people, with a third person being the artist. It's a three-person manga team.
3: But what I'm saying is this is written from an Eastern perspective. Greece, Norse gods, even um, the Indian gods, the Hindu gods, are not oriented in Eastern. So that's the disconnect, perhaps, that you're experiencing. But Mm, I mean...
0: You're already getting a caricature.
3: Yeah. So... And I've read other and I've read other manga and anime based on my prolonged exposure to Japanese media. I've come accustomed to that. They don't get everything right.
2: Are we, so are we still on this? Because if you're not gonna listen to the things that I'm saying, because then you keep saying them. It's not that it's mythologically wrong. I don't care about that. But if you're not going to do the research, then establish this universe's version of it. I've said that every time.
0: I've heard that, Jacob. I'm just saying I I personally feel what mm. they do in the pages is enough for me. Yeah, I, I think Jay's also saying that it's yeah. just
3: exactly. I think it's sufficient.
1: So getting into uh, Adam versus Zeus, Adam has the most baller entrance of all time for one. He is risen up on a giant pillar in the God Gives Knowledge to Adam pose mm-hmm. <laughs> as a bunch of animals charge through the a arena. A bunch of
2: well-drawn animals. At- been- Adam in that moment and the animals is the only thing that isn't just a, a mess of action lines. Other than Bryn
1: Hilden, <laughs> because she's consistently done well. True. Uh, Adam then clenches a fist as Heimdall is saying, the one man the gods hate more than all. (laughs) As he leaps down from the pillar, holding an apple, bites into it and spits it out. It's so sour. It's the progenitor of humanity, Adam!
0: I I can only hope every fight going forward is equally as hammy as Adam's entrance because... Oh. That was peak, like,
3: r- wrestling. I think it has to be, it has to be peak, though, because the whole issue is they're trying to wipe out humanity. Well, this is the guy who started it all.
1: We need the definition of a man. In absolute peak form of ham, it is whole good. I loved every minute of it. Uh, and it's at this point that we find out that Shiva was supposed to be the one that fought. The uh, Hindu deity of uh, creation and destruction. D- typically more destruction, but that's getting into Hinduism and that's a very deep rabbit hole.
2: And that's why I'm not asking for mythologically accurate, because that gets into some really contentious stuff of a religion that's still being practiced today. And some people might get really mad if you're if you're uh, claiming accuracy when you just don't have the ability to adequately research it.
0: On that line, uh, we never really get told who created Adam. It's not important.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not important. Yeah. Uh, but we get uh, a flashback where it's found out that Shiva was supposed to be the next fight, but then Zeus is like, no. It's my turn. And just keeps
2: repeating that.
1: Yeah. Zeus got so freaking hyped up by the uh, battle between Thor and Lubu. And by the way, I feel we, we criminally skipped over a bit earlier when um, Brunhilde made the Ragnarok declaration and Zeus got so into it, he tore the snout off of a dragon screaming, your proposal was an absolute fuck unit! Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. forgot about yeah. that actually, but yeah. Uh, I was so optimistic as of the end of chapter one. And I know like obvious comparisons to Master Roshi can be made. I feel like he ha- uh, like Zeus has way more of an All Might thing going because yeah, that that was more of a joke because this is this
2: is a case where it's referencing. I see it more as Roshi because he's old and perverted, whereas All Might is neither of those things. He's just small in his. Yeah, I think
0: mostly Zeus's whole thing is they decided to, like, trim him down to what is Zeus known for being kind of perverted and shape shifting to pick up women. Mm-hmm. So they made that a fighter. Everything else was extra set dressing that was
1: not there. He's king of the gods and shapeshifter. Yep. And he shapeshifts by becoming huge. And oh, Lord, oh, boy, he thick. He's insanely (laughs) thick. (laughs) We start the fight as the next Valkyrie comes down to uh, Volund with Adam. And again, he strikes the uh adam, god gives the pose the pose he didn't have to do that but he did it which just goes to show that adam himself knows how incredibly hammy this situation is in case that wasn't obvious we also get a whole bunch of renaissance painters
0: in the audience going like i've never seen a more beautiful man before i must paint
1: they're all they're all crying
3: there were nosebleeds.
1: And uh, Cain and Abel are there. Cain is a hyped up angry boy and Abel is big small man. He is big and gentle.
0: Cain is always also always hitting Abel.
1: Yes, <laughs> just constantly. <laughs> just screaming, get him, Pops, kick his ass. And meanwhile, Abel's like, you go, Daddy, you can do it. <laughs> I love those two. So Zeus gets his entrance with Hermes, who is just the guy from Black Butler.
3: See? Told you.
0: Yeah, the the, the Hermes interpretation is a little weird. They they kind of just made him butler of the gods more so than anything else. Which
1: yeah,
3: he's supposed to be he messenger. Is, he's right? the messenger
1: of the he gods. Even says as much. He is the fastest. He's just Zeus's butler. Yeah.
3: He's just he's mm-hmm. just Chan.
1: We have the entrances and uh, the Valkyrie. Becomes a knuckle duster for Adam, because this is going to be a fist fight. A absolutely spectacular
2: line that I have to give it up for is someone says uh, there is no better weapon for
1: humanity than the knuckle duster. It is perfectly exemplary of mankind. I'm just going to punch him
3: off topic. I didn't know what knuckle dusters were, because when I saw it, I was like, those are brass knuckles. What's a knuckle duster
1: synonymous? <laughs> yeah, Yep. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I've never heard Knuckle Duster before.
2: I'd heard Knuckle Duster, but you hear Brass Knuckles so much more often. Mm-hmm. They're not always made of brass, which is why I think they have multiple names. But yeah. I mean, this one definitely isn't made of brass.
1: Yeah, this, it's, it's this made, this of one definitely isn't made of Valkyrie. Uh-huh. It's made of Valkyrie. And we start this fight and Zeus is just going in with his punches, which are like, Mere fractions of a second with how fast they are, but Adam is perfectly dodging them. Does he have ultra instinct? No, he has the Sharan <laughs> Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. This is the dumbest. <laughs> shit, but I, love yeah, I am the lord is so cool. Adam is the one character I actually gave a damn about. It is so cool. The It is the dumbest explanation for why Adam is going to be a great fighter against the gods. Oh,
0: no, it's, it was 100% yeah. a good enough explanation for me. It was Adam, oh, no. Adam was yeah. created in the gods' image, so he has one little bit of divinity in him.
1: The eyes of the Lord. And that yes. lets him perfectly copy any move that a god makes. And... No, I'm saying it's stupid. It's dumb, but I love it. (laughs) It is so cool. Yeah. It's the
2: dumb fun I wish the rest of it was.
0: Mm. And it works out great because originally he was supposed to fight Shiva. We don't get Brunhilde admitting this until after it's revealed he has this technique because she then starts laughing that Zeus would put himself on the chopping block like this because there could not be a better matchup.
3: Mm -hmm. Like evilly cackling to herself. It got it gets pretty, pretty intense.
0: Because the the implication about Adam is he is exactly as strong and a little better than whoever he's facing.
1: Yeah,
3: hmm. I was trying to think of the name of main girl of Me because it's giving me that vibes.
1: I'm, I'm afraid I don't know. But Zeus does his crazy combination, uh, super fast punches and a kick, and then Adam dodges all of it and then delivers it right back into him. And we get to see Ares who is just beautiful. He is exceedingly large muscle man with a very small t-set.
0: This is an interesting (laughs) interpretation of Ares because normally you get like violence crazed god of war. He's very refined in this.
3: Very refined and strategic.
2: Like even his clothes are like very dainty. Like his, his helmet looks too small for his head and he has this like Weird blonde hair swirl. He's also
0: like four times the size of Hermes, his
2: brother. (laughs) Which is hysterical. Hermes is supposed to be like the size of an actual human being, Mm -hmm. whereas Ares is like four times his size. Like his arms are bigger than Hermes's torso. Basically,
0: we get introduced to Ares because because Zeus is currently fighting. We need our Shonen tournament arc required person on the sidelines explaining what
1: techniques are. He is the Brock, yes. Yeah.
3: But I mean, um, Loki is there at, at the point. He's also kind of given some commentary on the sideline after he starts. They're not
1: talking to each
3: other.
0: <laughs> they're having different conversations. So you get different points of view of the fight.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Loki is over there with Odin. And I really like Odin's visual design. And just the fact that Odin doesn't speak. It's just you get immune and Munin talking people. Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, very <laughs> aggressively, by the way. I'm just like, Damn. oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, no,
0: Odin speaks because he tells Loki never shapeshift into Thor again or I'll kill you. Right. <laughs>
2: yeah, because at shapeshifted as Thor, Loki grabs the uh, I, I don't remember the crow's names. Hugin and um, Munin.
1: Forethought and memory. And
2: Yeah. And he uh, when Loki as Thor grabs the crows, Odin finally speaks
1: mm-hmm.
2: because they can't speak because they're screaming about being clutched. to death. They're, they're ravens. <laughs> Same thing. Did I say oh I said?
3: <laughs> and I know that too. <laughs> see you guys already know more about Norse mythology than I do. I know like near I... nothing.
1: <laughs> well, good. That's the amount you need to know for this.
3: And I still enjoyed it.
1: I am a huge Odin stan, okay.
2: <laughs> Odin is awesome. Yes. I I would like to see more um prose edda accurate Odin and things because Odin is going off yeah. on a tangent about mythology, but Odin is more of a trickster in the Prozetta than Loki. Unrelated. Yes.
0: Odin is also on the list of combatants. So yeah. we have that to look forward
2: to.
3: Well, where do you think Loki got it from?
0: Oh, he's going to fight Nostradamus. They're going to have a future telling battle. Okay, oh, my him. God. Yes. yes.
3: Oh, man. Please don't make
2: me actually <laughs> I really hate it. Yeah. I Actually, I meant to say this sooner because I also want to make a point of, of, having perspective even if you remove and maybe we can just edit this sooner this comment sooner even if you take all of the baggage fan baggage history baggage all of the baggage if you take all of the baggage away from dragon ball super this is still only the second worst that we've dealt with (laughs) i would rather be irritated slash bored of this than infuriated at super stupidity i will i want to make a point of Uh, saying that
0: because jacob i understand your point of view right now this is not destroying
2: something you really enjoyed. No, I mean, t- see, that's no, that's the point I want to make. Even if you take that away, this is still better than Super. Yeah, because it's it's at least consistent. <laughs> the reason I get the reason I'm getting angry at this is because I see its potential. Mm. This could be unbelievably amazing. Meanwhile,
0: Super, you're like, in order for this to be better, you got to redo. most. You of have it. to rewrite it from the ground up. I'm- I'm just going to point out, I've never read anything funnier than the Goku Black arc
1: of the Super Manga. (laughs) That turned into a comedy with how bad that was.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) But anyway, getting back to our current mess of a manga. um, We continue the fight with Zeus and Adam, and Adam is just continuing to read Zeus's moves and...
3: Counter, perfect Counter. Perfect
1: counter well, all of them. Yeah, uh, uh, Adam has not been
0: hit once is the important mm-hmm. thing to know, because I think we get the implication from the audience that Adam's not wearing anything. He's also just peak human physique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so he probably couldn't take a lot of hits. Yep. Mm. He just has the
1: fig leaf.
3: Which is only there for modesty, by the way.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> We get a lot of shots of his incredibly sculpted ass, but <laughs> we do have the fig leaf. I'm yes. just
3: saying, like, I know we already mentioned it, but all the all all the artists in the background <laughs> just, like, bleeding out from, like, it's too beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's too perfect.
1: <laughs> we get our flashback with Zeus, right? Yes, we do. Because uh, they say that before this current order was established, there was another uh, great tournament between
3: the original ragnarok
2: uh, no it's it's their version of the titanomachy the titan
1: the, ti- the
2: titan yeah. titanomachy
1: Titanomaki. that's how i pronounce it but whatever that's wrong actually i don't know if it's wrong it could be right for all i know uh, it's ancient greek so you have no way of knowing <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> but uh the titanomachy was just this but the gods versus the titans and we get the flashback of titans how Titans lost, yeah, and uh, the. Fu- <laughs>
2: they they imply that this is like the first thing that happened in all of like existence's history, mm-hmm. though they're also not super clear about it. Yeah, sort of. They this is a sort of thing where it doesn't really matter the exact details. Like you get the gist of what you yeah, need. Yeah, did this happen on the moon?
0: I, is
3: what? That, I it looked like the background was on the moon to me. <laughs> it yeah, like... it it happens in space. <laughs> It
2: happens, it happens on a rock on a barren rock in space. Mm-hmm. I believe it. I think Earth was in the background, so I'm pretty sure it was the moon. Sure. But I don't know, know for it sure. It was a cool
0: background, which I'm sure was all they yeah. cared about.
1: Yes. But um we, this flashback is the end of uh Zeus versus Kronos, god of time or Titan of Time.
3: Kronos was his father, right? Kronos was obviously the yes. god, the father of all everything, right?
1: That's technically chaos, but yes. More or less. It, <laughs> yeah. For the purposes of this, yes. Uh, Kronos, uh, you know, the embodiment of time. Zeus had not been touched in all of the Titanomachy until they got to this fight, and he took one shot right to the chin, but he still managed to beat his father and crush his head. And that's why he has no teeth. Yeah, mm-hmm. and crushed Kronos's head. And we learn that Zeus mastered the technique that Kronos used to hit him. The fist that surpassed time.
3: Because, yes.
1: It's just Zawaldo. He gained his father's power to stop
0: time to punch people.
2: (laughs) Yes. This is structurally what I want, because the really cool thing, and the one time I actually Actually, no, one of two times I actually felt something in this story was you you get this and it's like it's like at the end of a chapter where you get the like Zawaldo negative art thing. And Zeus's fist is coming down on Adam and like his fist is bigger than all of Adam. And, you know, however, it's being released, you know, with a cliffhanger and the the beginning of the next chapter, the very first panel is. Adam dodged the fist that surpassed time and hit Zeus with
1: it instead because eyes of the Lord can copy anything. Zeus's head is twisted 180 degrees around in the most disgusting manner ever drawn by man. Yeah. (laughs) And Adam is just standing there on the other side of him like, Thanks for the cool move, Pops.
2: Cuz he had been calling Zeus Pops to insult yeah. him.
3: But everyone calls him Pops or Grandpa or something. It's just like Well,
2: he's using specifically like a Yeah, I know. informal
0: I,
3: I, I, God I know.
2: him Grandpa because he is their grandpa whereas Adam is saying it as an insult.
3: That in itself is I mean, I I understand. In the
0: Japanese it's probably more clear he's being disrespectful.
3: Yeah, absolutely, but I'm just like, yeah, Zeus is like, yeah, I am old.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um there's a bit later where this problem is more egregious but what i was saying about it not working in the context of shonen fights and you mentioned the goku black arc the problem i had with this fight is that multiple times they present the fight as over and then zeus just gets up again Mm -hmm. of not knowing what this version of zeus is capable of And the problem that we all had with the Goku Black arc is illusion, it's about to end, and then they heal to full health and keep going. Adam doesn't get hit until the very end. It's basically the exact same problem. I really, really liked everything up to Adam's uh, copying the fist that surpasses time. Tedious after that point, because if Zeus is going to arbitrarily stay down this time or not.
0: Mm. I think they could have gotten away with the first time they did it because what we get from that payoff of. Is that we think the fight's over because his neck's been turned around now. He's a shapeshifter, so maybe that's not as bad as it looks, which is the payoff you get. But what we get in addition to that moment of disbelief is we get a lot of exposition by people saying like, ah, yes, he won. And it it's played out to the point that, oh, wait, is it over? Because. They're celebrating prematurely, and we get that vibe. They keep belaboring yeah. it.
2: Yeah, and on, a, yeah, the first time, like the first time they do it, yeah, it that, and that's sort of the point I'm making where it's like this time, hey, eh, you're stretching it, but I'm willing to go with it. But they do it at least one more, like, like, they do it so many
1: times. They do. I will I will agree with you here, Jake. They do kind of wear it thin a little bit by the end.
0: But you know how we know that um, the fight wasn't over? Adam didn't have his flashback yet. That's, That's a good done, point. Done. And
2: we get to Adam's flashback. Yep. And here is a moment I have been waiting for. Because I want to explain how this series could solve the gigantic problem of making me care about it what you could all you would have to do is have all of the specifically all of the human characters and you have just only the moment of adam showing up at eve's trial and we'll get more into detail of that but just have the moment of Adam showing up at Eve's trial. She's being accused of eating the fruit of knowledge uh, by the serpent. And... I, um, Satan. <laughs> he has the apple, and the bite mark has uh, snake fang tracks mm-hmm. in it. So it's pretty obvious what's going mm-hmm. on. But then you have Adam showing up, and instead of pointing out how stupid this is, he does something that's very human and kind of really petty. He picks a bunch of fruits of, of the tree of knowledge, takes bites out of them, spits them out because they're sour and drops them on the floor. Two baskets. Yeah. And that is like, that makes me love Adam. Show that part where you don't have the full context of the situation of just Adam and Eve getting kicked out of uh, paradise put that at the very beginning of the story and do that for each of the characters, boom, I'm invested. Then when you get to these these fights, the sort of super move flashback, super move flashback, you show the rest of the context of what happened and what brought Adam to that moment. Because, you know... Maybe Adam did go far or maybe he didn't. Now we see the whole story and now I am I'm rooting for this character. I'm
1: invested in this character. I can see that. Yeah, I agree with that one. That that would be a, uh, a good way to really flesh it out more. I think Hi. I'm content with what we got
0: because yeah. what we do get from Adam, the only thing we get told about him is for some reason, he really hates the gods and has an incredibly strong willpower which we're like, oh, why does he have that? And then we get his flashback, which is, oh, they just think they're better than humanity. Uh, They had like a trial, but it was trumped up and the evidence didn't actually matter.
2: Mm -hmm. The the reason why I, I said it the way I did is because I was sort of structuring the way I was explaining it, the way I think it should actually work in the context of the story. You start off with this trial that is probably trumped up because... Aren't those snake fang tracks and the bite in that apple? Like it's ambiguous. And then you get to uh, this point and the whole like the whole flashback is shown at once where you see the reason why Adam and Eve were kicked out of paradise was the serpent pretty much tried to just straight up
1: be, as you do. Yeah. And yeah, this manga gives us a uh, big titty anime Eve and Satan tentacling her in the Garden of Eden. And it is exactly as uncomfortable as it sounds. Deeply uncomfortable and unpleasant. And I Man, we could have not done an explicit episode up until this point. <laughs> it's fine. We'll cut that out.
2: Okay. No, see, the thing is the, the gratuitous, I would argue, edgy violence of it is already... Pretty much guaranteed to make it explosive well, because, like, we're not talking
0: ma- about the, yeah.
2: Like that's all visual. I, I
3: I'm going to add my interpretation. I think that 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 Jacob's point is valid from an agnostic point of view. I admit that I have my own bias from however many years of CCD, but I feel like that was already apparent coming into this. So I mean, that was that explanation exposition was already ingrained in my prior knowledge to this. I mean,
0: that's that's the same problem we've been
2: having, though. If any of these characters act like, characters act like they're mythological versions in any meaningful way, that would be fine. They don't. So show this version so we can all understand this version of the story. Well, I think that's, the thing
0: is, Adam's flashback, I think, perfectly does that. It is
3: But it's also very much in line with the biblical yeah. storytelling. Adam's flashback perfectly does that. Put at
2: least part of it earlier so we can be endeared to the character from the start. So, Jacob, I'm going to tell you
0: why they didn't do that. I can almost guarantee they haven't written half of the other fights yet.
2: That is a flaw of the story. Yeah,
0: I mean, fair. But uh, I think the idea of structuring your story into a tournament arc is already a gimmick. Mm -hmm. And you need to make some concessions to make that gimmick work.
3: In other words, they came into this structuring a tournament arc. You are asking them to expand this into storytelling on top of a st- of a tournament, which I'm not disagreeing with, at all. Shouldn't stories be good? <laughs> like, I would argue that it was good. I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I I also enjoyed it. I so anyway, Adam's
1: flashback that we. We all enjoyed Adam's flashback, at least.
3: Adam's yeah. excellent flashback.
2: Yeah, yeah. So- Adam's
1: excellent flashback where we establish that he has a deep and genuine love with Eve and they have a very happy family. Except, with, you know, the murder thing. It's so cool. Except-
2: well, yeah, there's there's the whole son's murder In thing, all fairness-
1: but, you know. I don't know if that happened
2: in this mythology. That, so. That's a good point. That's also true because they they don't they don't really seem to have that much of an issue with each other because this pres- like this is this is their souls have returned to a physical form after millennia of having that would have already happened. Uh-huh. So it's like, did they get over it or did it never happen at all? Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. It's also not relevant.
1: But- yeah. But uh, after Adam's flashback, where we learn why he despises the gods so much and rightly, I would say. It's at that point that Zeus cracks his neck back around into place because he's motherfucking Zeus. You think he wasn't going to do something like that? And he gets mm. up and he gets up and he's like, all right, time to go from Hero Academia to Junji Ito and assume my final form. <laughs> well, before that, we get my
0: literally favorite Adam moment is Zeus. Go- go- he goes up on this thing like. What are you even doing? How can you have this much resolve? And Adam just goes like, dude, is there any man that needs a reason to protect his own children? Protect his own children. Yes!
3: Directly attack, like a Oh, it's a direct affront to his... to his entire reason for being... To his problem. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, are you serious? Are you really asking me this question? Like...
0: It's like, no, <laughs> every human being is my child. Yeah. I'm not letting you do this, this to This
3: is a personal yeah. attack, man. I'm going to come at, come at you with everything I got.
2: And again, Adam deserves a better series because- I'd watch it. Oh, I
3: would
2: 100% read an Adam spinoff. I
3: don't know what he'd
2: do because he specifically hates
0: the
1: gods, but you know. (laughs) Oh, and Adam's spinoff would be an amazing thing.
3: Yeah, we want to know if he actually hates the gods before the whole trial. Now he seemed pretty cool
1: just laying down with the the And animals. then
3: he's just like, Wait, you're gonna frame my wife for something that's obviously bold. What?
1: He man snapped on top of a bear. He's got unbreakable shell. Yes. <laughs> that bear did seem very fluffy. It did, yes. It was fluffy. So Zeus activates his ultimate final pinnacle form, uh, Adamas or diamond, where he is just this hideous monstrosity as he has compressed all of his power. He he's gone from bulging muscle to.
3: Basically, if you don't drink enough water for like five days, that's what happens.
1: I mean, (laughs) yes, he is a human shaped mass of rubber bands. That's a good way to put it, Matt. (laughs) And uh, all of humanity is united behind their father as the final battle begins. But oh, no, uh, Adam's limitations are starting to come into play. Earlier, I noted how Zeus has lots of All Might inspiration because. um,
3: Or does All Might have lots of Zeus inspiration? No,
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No. Hermes, Hermes notes how uh, with the damage that he suffered, Zeus can only maintain this ultimate form for about half the usual time, seven minutes instead of 13.
0: Which we then get re-explained with Loki, who is just like, hey, Odin, I made these two wine glasses look like them. (laughs) I wonder who's going to spill first. Because basically both of them are using their power to their limit, Mm -hmm. and the second one of them snaps, they're done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adam burns out his eye powers. I, actually, I'm not sure if he burns out his eye powers or if um, like he he lands a hit on Zeus and Zeus's blood falls into his eyes. I think it might be both. Yeah. It's a little bit yeah, of both. It's,
3: yeah, it's a little
2: bit of both. Which is, This is the other moment where I kind of felt something because by this point I was actually rooting for Adam because he was the only character I cared about. I wanted him to win, you know, and like he's he's very like, he's very like, um you know, willpower and not giving up in the face of adversity is how you persevere through hard times. Like he's everything I love in this entire genre crystallized into a character. Mm-hmm. So but then in the back of my mind, and this is this is why it bugs me so much in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, he could win and then and then the story could just know you it and have zeus get back up and win anyway the the blood falls in his eyes his, his eyes are weakening and zeus starts uh pummeling him and everyone's thinking oh no zeus you know humanity's uh second champion is going to fall adam has to start defending at that point adam just decides well i'm not getting out of this situation i guess i'm just gonna have to take you down
1: with me and they start like constantly cross countering each other. He specifically allows himself to be hit so he can determine where Zeus is, reach out, grab his hair, go, found you. And now that he's got a handle on where Zeus is, he can start punching him in the
0: face. Well, I I we, I we got to step back a bit because we skipped over my literal favorite Adam moment um, where he gets the resolve to do this is because a baby starts crying in the audience and he's just like, oh, A baby's crying? Well, don't worry. I am going to, like, do everything in my power to take care of what's threatening you. Dad is here to protect you. your dad. Yeah. Yeah. It's (sighs) legit. I really loved that page beyond anything else, Mm -hmm. because then that's what he takes to get punched directly in the face, which we've been up to this point told Adam can't take a hit, which Considering how he takes that punch, it almost floors him completely
1: right there. But he stands up again. He doesn't fall over. He doesn't even fall over. Yeah.
3: Because he knows what's at stake.
1: A couple of
2: pages of them pummeling each other. And again, a part of me was hyped for this. But a part of me knows that there are no rules to what Zeus can do. So I don't like... I don't know what's going to happen. And like, I suppose that's a good thing from a from a tension standpoint. But I also am fully aware that the victory could be earned and then stolen. After all of this pummeling and punching, Zeus is the one to fall. But then Zeus reveals that he threw a second punch. Adam had been dead the entire time. Adam was
1: dead on his feet. Mm hmm.
2: Even as he was punching Zeus, Adam was already dead. It was his it was his raw willpower that was keeping him punching in spite of already being dead. Wow, really hype. Zeus is the one who fell. And even though Adam died, he's the one who stayed on his feet. But somehow that means Zeus wins. Like, I get it's a battle to the death, but Zeus is the one who fell. But he didn't die. That, you just you just it, it, it left me feeling so cheated
3: and this bleeds into and i know i might have mentioned it to both to both sam and and that i feel like there's a theme here an underlying theme here of humanity losing but what did they demonstrate to the gods
1: i feel like this is the one where i was able to like pretty concretely predict that humanity's probably going to get rinsed in this entire tournament Though, admittedly, what we saw for the buildup to the next fight, maybe not. Uh, humanity might get rinsed, but in the process, they prove themselves so much that the gods are like, ah, let them keep going.
3: Yeah, it might cause the gods to, sec- to second guess because they're just like, you know what? I wasn't expecting the humans to win, but they're still pretty badass, you know?
2: The way that it's structured, my assumption is that it will go down to the final fight. And it may be that humanity loses the final fight is going to get some wins because it's a tournament arc the whole point is to have as many fights as possible so humanity is going to get a minimum of six wins gods are going to get a minimum of six, just because of the structure of how shonen tournaments yeah. work mm.
3: you got to raise the stakes because they're not going to strike out immediately after seven rounds and then just be well we're done
0: well no i i think what we got was i think just the way that this is structured was always going to be a loss i think you'd there's an argument you could make is humanity wins the first fight by like surprise. I think humanity losing the first fight is better for an overall narrative if you're going to have 13 fights, right? Yeah. So, but like I think what we're getting right now The counter argument to that is humans should win all the fights. I well... Because I, I, you need you need to build tension. You don't have any pr- like.
2: No, no, no. The I think humanity losing the first fight is not a bad decision. What I was going to say is the argument for having humanity win the first fight is. Wanted to have any kind of theme or meaning that could do is it could play on the arrogance of the gods and the gods lose when they don't respect the humans. Actually, this up, but this is actually in favor of humanity losing the first fight because Thor does legitimately respect Lubu mm-hmm. as much as that cardboard cutout can respect anything because we established the first two characters aren't, they're they are just punch men. So in, in all honesty, the
0: first fight I'm almost certain
2: was the pilot for getting this thing yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Argument for humanity winning the first fight is that the gods are so arrogant that they don't respect humanity and having the humans win when the gods are arrogant and the human, the, the six fights that the humans lose are when the gods actually respect their opponent. So having humanity win the first fight as a wake up call to the god to their six or seven of the gods to say, oh, we have to take this seriously, don't we? That's the argument to humanity winning the first fight. Mm-hmm. But given that it's Thor versus Lubu in the first fight, it does make sense for humanity to lose the first one. I th-
1: yeah, yeah. And given the way the structure is, such a cheated moment <coughs> to not give Adam his. Uh, I I I both agree and disagree with you. I agree with you on you know the strict principle of it. I disagree because I feel like it still serves stir- just what it's supposed to. Yeah, be. I disagree with I di- Yeah, it's what it's supposed to be. And for the purposes of the story, I feel like. Setting humanity even more on the back foot going into this third fight is pretty powerful, especially because the Adam and Zeus fight ends at the in chapter 12. And we went to chapter 14. Uh, Chapters 13 and 14 lead into the next battle. The god contender is Poseidon, Zeus's big brother, Mm -hmm. god of the sea, the one even the other gods are scared. Also Poseidon. Notorious god who loved murdering humans. Yes. Yeah, they they do not want to look around and find out the other gods with this guy. And who who does who do the humans send in? An old ass man. They send in Kojiro Sasaki.
3: Who it is later it is later revealed why he is so old.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's because when you enter the afterlife, you are in you are whatever body was your prime. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Well, I've been practicing the sword all of my he life." Never Learning
3: his entire life, and even he alludes to be his afterlife.
1: We get a demonstration of his power when a pitcher of water is knocked over, and he is able to catch it.
3: Was it water or was it milk?
1: A, a, a pitcher of some liquid is knocked over, and he's able to uh catch it, pick it up, and drink it without spilling a drop, just with his sheathed blade.
3: I wanted to hug him after that moment. No lie. He,
1: he is so cool. And I I, th- I think for like building up the tension, you know, humanity after two really impressive displays are we're zero and two. We're going into this, and now we've got this old ass man. What the hell are we gonna do? Are we really gonna get rinsed this hard? And here's then- the thing.
0: At the end of Adam, what we get is all of humanity, despite the fact they lost, they are united because what Adam did dying on his feet inspired all of them.
1: Yes. Humanity
0: was in fighting over the first two f- matches. We get people who are like praying to gods, which they then have to get yelled at. Dude, there are enemies right now. Stop that. Mm-hmm.
2: And They are now all united with which actually parlays into another cool moment where I think it was like a Buddhist praying or something. And someone says, you know, the God, I I think it was even one of the gods that mentioned, you know, the gods you're praying to are your enemies right now. But then later during the fight with Zeus and Adam, I think it was during the, the cross counter bit. All of humanity in every way that they can starts praying, but they're praying to the spirit of humanity itself. They're not praying to any God. And like, you have, you have like people bowing their heads. You have people, you have people like with their hands together, like uh, Christians praying. You have people like bowing their heads with uh, rosary beads. You have like, there's like a mobster raising a bottle of liquor. You know, like they're all praying in whatever way they can, to Adam and specific, but like to the collective spirit of humanity. Like, again, like, as much as I've said, like, issues with the series supposed to feel cheated by adam losing it's not like an error to have adam lose or anything but you still get that even if adam gets the win because he still died you can't not love adam by the end of that so you're still like
1: you still feel the loss and the heartbreak anyway
2: personally would have given adam the win
1: there but but this was very powerful too Mm -hmm. We are now at the end of our reading, but I got to say, uh Sasaki has a an entrance maybe not in sheer bombastity that's on par with Adam, but in terms of raw big big energy, absolutely is because since Poseidon is the god fighting this time, they've decided to flood the arena and create a tiny island surrounded by salt water. Cuz that's better. Sure. Yep. that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah. And Poseidon does this whole part the sea climb up the stairs thing. He looks really cool. He's got his trident. He's bishy. <laughs> yeah, it's yep. all this stuff. They
3: just need the sparkles.
1: Sasaki rides in on a boat. We get our view of the stands this time. And of course, this time it's all the famous like weapon masters of Japan. And uh, Miyamoto Musashi's kid is like, why is that loser out there? He lost my father. My father should be the one fighting him. Right, dad? And like all the other sword and weapon masters are like, yeah, no, I think it should be Musashi out there. And we cut to Musashi, who's just standing there doing the arms folded, eyes closed, focusing his key thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Sasuke steps out onto the stage, draws his sword, assumes his ready stance. And every wave in the pool instantly calms to a mirror shine of stillness.
2: And most of the people in the audience don't either don't notice or don't understand what just happened, including
1: Musashi's son. Uh Uh-huh. Which is exemplified by Musashi drawing his sword, destroying the sacred text his son was holding and his son's clothes for some reason. For some reason, yeah. Because it can't just have a cool moment, it has to also be uncomfortable for some reason. But the texts are destroyed and the kid's like, Father, why? And he says, they're not needed anymore. That man has attained enlightenment. At least in what my translation, I think
2: he said something to the effect
1: of that man is swordsmanship. Oh, yeah. In my translation, he said that man is enlightenment. He is unrivaled under the heavens.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: I, the unrivaled under the heavens, I think, is a very—that's
3: a key. Dis- that's a key distinction.
1: Now that we've come to the end, uh, I think we already know the answers of would you continue reading? That's three resounding yeses and one no. I am because I can't wait to see Sasuke chop off a few tongs of Poseidon's trident. You know what's going to happen. You know I'm right.
2: <laughs> I will say I will say this much because I the would you continue reading section. I also like to. Um, Uh, frame it in the perspective of should our listeners read it if they haven't. And I will say, as much as I loathed this, a lot of my anger comes from seeing its missing potential. It can obviously turn people off very, very hard, but it's also a super brisk read. Another reason why I would recommend this a mile over uh, Dragon Ball Super in spite of how angry this made me is... Something like Dragon Ball Super is a slog. Um, I love to kill six billion demons, but if you don't, that is very dense and hard to get through. This, you should definitely at least check it out if you have the opportunity to,
1: because it is very light. Um, A brisk read is a good way to describe this, because so much of it is just giant action panels with barely any dialogue.
2: (laughs) You're going to know quickly if you like it or not. Because the thing is, I liked the first chapter. And most of the way through the second chapter, I'm like, Oh, if this wasn't for a podcast, I'd be done now. And um, you'll know very quickly if you if you do or don't like it. And even if you force yourself to read like we did, I I am a personally I am a very slow reader. Uh, It's one of the reasons I prefer manga much over um, something like a novel. I read this in a day. This is not that hard to get through. Except for The art is kind of hard to get through it sometimes, but um, this is not that hard to get through. So I would recommend checking it out at the very least if you have the opportunity to. Um, You'll know very quickly if you like it or not.
1: So uh, favorite character, as I have... (laughs) <laughs> said multiple times, uh, Brunhild is my favorite character. I love her. She is incredibly entertaining every time she's on panel. Uh, the way she screams and rails against the gods speaks to my very soul. And I love anyone who can just walk up to a being that powerful and say, you ab- it smell like in here. All y'all are around it smell like <laughs> in here.
2: Um, favorite character for me is hands down Adam. The thing about Brunhilde for me, because she is definitely my second favorite character really easily. The problem is other than the flying off the handle bits, or I, I should I should phrase it this way. I've seen Brunhilda's character done better and better stories. Um, If you take off the flying off the handle bit, Brunhilde is a worse version of Integra from Helsing last week. That's not necessarily to say that she's a useless character or anything. She's not my favorite because I've seen better versions of her. Adam's so charming. I wish the series could make you care about the other characters yeah. the way you care about Adam. I almost wish the series was just him. That Honestly, i am <laughs> not with that because I actually liked him.
0: In, in all fairness, I think it's probably also a comparison of the two fighters we got because Lubu is not viewed very positively in Japanese media so we essentially got two villains fighting each other so that's probably also a bit why that part of humanity kind of got fair enough rushed over
2: and fair fair fair. and and fair enough but I'm also going to posit that if you don't put your best foot forward and you turn your readers off it doesn't matter if it gets better later if everyone leaves the series too fast
1: I I accept that that is a f- very fair criticism. Uh, for uh, Record of Ragnarok, Jay, what's your favorite character?
3: Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about six kill six billion demons. It it turned me off very early on. Um, Bunhida is my favorite. Second favorite would have to be Adam. Bunhida. I remember the character she reminds me of is Jabami Yumiko from um, Kakuguri. I just loved the the behind-the-scenes calculations, um, the chess match going behind the scenes of how we're going to match up and demonstrate humanity's capabilities with the gods. And she's just all around the best. And I always appreciate an underdog who's willing to stand up for what's right and say, you know what, gods? You guys are kind of full of it. And you really need someone to really stand up and say, you know what? This pompous behavior of yours is not acceptable. And you might be gods, you might be all powerful, but you don't get the right to just decide things so whimsically as you do. Adam, for the um, pre adjust reasons, was just so, so down to earth, so wholesome. He fought for a very noble cause. It was very apparent his reason for help holding the grudge against the gods and for standing up for his family, his progeny. Um, he was directly, you know, attacked. I mean, how are you going to stand up and say, you know what, we're going to wipe out all of your family, all of your killed children. Why are you coming at us so bold and so headstrong? It's like, is there any contest here? You're literally trying to st- destroy me and everything that I've created.
1: I'm going to deliver these hands to you for that.
3: I mean, that was just baffling. gods were so shocked that he was just so resolute. And so I'm like, Yes, you've attacked his family literally twice, directly. Um, would I re- would I continue reading? Um, honestly, I already have. This series really ticked the boxes. Um, isolated in its own universe, I felt that it was. It had um, satisfactory exposition. I was able to identify with um, a lot of the characters. Um, Just for historical reasons, but also I also kind of enjoyed the whimsicalness that they kind of the whimsical spin. They kind of put on a lot of the gods, the characters. I really enjoyed the art. I love artistic art. I love that interpretation. If we ever get to address any of my series, you'll kind of see that as a trend. Most of my series that I am very passionate about all have that similar type of art. I love it. Um, So, yeah, this just was a home run for me.
1: All right, uh, Matt, who is your favorite character?
0: Oh, come on, Adam. Yeah. No Contest. All right. Like uh, I I am a sucker for like strong paternal family man. It's why Vegeta was my favorite part of Super. Like, mm. yeah, don't mess with my kids. Good, Good
2: taste <laughs> well, one of the things. That- All right. Sorry, I, I keep starting to try to say this. One of the reasons why the gods couldn't understand why Adam was fighting so hard was because from their perspective, they thought he was just testing his strength like the other three people who had stepped into the ring when Adam actually had a real reason to fight. Also, the gods are terrible parents.
3: But I mean, they should have made the connection. They're the ones who announced that, hey, he is the, you know, the first man. Everyone else is his progeny. Hello? It's an- oh, there's
0: no reason they would make the connection
1: they're very yeah so
3: i mean like it was just kind of like a no-brainer and that's why i really keyed into that i'm just like you guys are dumb
1: (laughs) it does a lot to dehumanize the gods which i think is important for a villain (laughs) to make them simultaneously relatable and very hateable it's a fine (laughs) line to walk and this manga doesn't do walking fine lines this manga does stomping on things (laughs) i love it it is fun for all that I think we've reached the end of the rope on this one. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to the OvermongaCast and this particularly wacky episode. Uh, make sure to subscribe, leave a review for us. It's exceedingly helpful. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at OverMonkeyCast. You'll be able to see when we find a particular panel especially egregious or amazing in its existence.
3: Or disturbing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I feel like we're going to get a lot of that next week. I'm excited.
3: I'm excited. Yes.
1: We're doing Demon Slayer, baby. Get ready to breathe real good.
0: Maybe maybe the manga will illustrate to me whether or not their techniques are magic or not.
2: <laughs> and, uh, I finally get to see this thing that I keep meaning to uh, be a part of. You and have never to see it
3: yet? I
2: know. I I'm so bad. I have to catch up on so
3: much. To be fair, I didn't I didn't cave until like several months ago. So don't feel bad.
1: <laughs> we're going to get we're going to be getting into that next week. We're reading chapters one through nineteen. If you want to uh, keep up with us on that. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Twitter and stay tuned for next week. I've been Sam. Good night, everybody. Good night. Night, guys.